make you so special? Why did he bless you? Think about it. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. Got a smile when I say that shit. I woke up this morning. And we are live with Jake Schmidt. Live with Jake Schmidt. Awesome. I've been excited for this podcast, honestly. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm really pumped. I'm so excited. I've known you for like ever. I know. We've known each other since kindergarten, I think. Wasn't Something it? like that. It's been a long time. Because like, like in, it's weird how like we've like crossed paths yeah, at yeah, times. Yeah. Like like in and out uh-huh. kind of deal, you know? So yeah, we know same people. Like our parents were friends to start, but then just funny how constantly running back into you <laughs> right right yeah i used to like growing up like whenever we were really young i was uh i was kind of like reserved i guess as yeah a, like growing up and i was extremely innocent as a kid i remember mm-hmm. we were we went camping together oh yeah and there was do you remember boy mountain i do that hill <laughs> yeah we'd roll down yep yep yeah. and we we walked up to the top of boy mountain because we claimed it, we're like no girls allowed on this mountain. Uh, <laughs> Back in those days, <laughs> yeah. this is this is probably first, second, third, yeah, grade, young, something like that. Uh-huh. And I remember there was a barbed wire fence, and I was like, oh, there we go. Like this is this is as far as we can go. And you're like, wait, what if we hopped over the fence? And I was like, it, it literally blew my mind. Like I, I don't know why I remember that so well, but I was like. Like oh I guess we'll like I guess we'll just be bad boys and, and hop this thing <laughs> might as well. <laughs> but uh, dude, so you you've been into uh, social media marketing? Yeah, yeah. So when I first started, basically I've been like an entrepreneur my whole life. Okay. Because um, from a young age, like from a young early age, early high school, right? Yeah, even younger than that. When I was in I think fourth grade, somewhere basically grade school. I would go to Costco and I would buy candy bars in bulk and then I'd go to school and I'd sell them at lunch because, you know, the lunch, a private school lunch, there was nothing. Because you went to Emmanuel, which one, St. Charles? Yep. Yeah, and, yeah. And we also went to school together that one semester of third grade. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember those lunches. There's shit food. No, <laughs> Nasty. No. Nothing sweet. So I saw I saw an opportunity in the market. I went and I bought uh, candy bars from Costco and I'd sell them to my friends. And then from there, it's just kind of like I'd always been into buying and selling and just no way. hustling from a young young age since yeah. fourth grade yeah yeah i'd say so wow and shoveling driveways and all that kind of stuff too so okay just any any way you could any way like, i could just get money yeah okay Make absolutely money. yeah where do you think that drive that desire for for money and growth and all yeah. that comes from that that will to improve where do yeah. you think that stems from yeah that's the thing i'm not even sure if it was necessarily money it was more so just like I wanted things, like I wanted nice things, like, and I, my parents would never buy it for me. I think my dad really instilled this in me at a young age. He's like, you're never going to be giving anything in life. You have to work for it, no matter right. what it is. Um, and that's, he's the one who really, really grained that into my mind was you have to work for whatever you want. And the thing that I remember, this really sticks out in my mind is I had gone down to my cabin, which is, we have all of our family go down there on the holidays. And my cousin was in from I think he was living in New York at the time and he had just brought his girlfriend okay and I was I was young I was like I think sixth grade maybe and she had brought a Mac an Apple MacBook Pro okay and I was I bet those were really nice oh that was like the thing I had never even seen one before I'm like oh my gosh what is this thing this is incredible I can go on the internet I can do whatever I want I can look at all this stuff and I was super excited about it. I'd always been fascinated with technology and the internet from a very young age. And um, from there, I was like, Mom, That's I crazy one? that you were able to see the vision, the opportunities that the internet could hold like, yeah. from that young of an age. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if it was the opportunity or what it was. I just, I really liked it. Just, I know what you mean. Like, there are some things in life that, like, for whatever reason, you're just kind of drawn to them. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a destiny type yeah, thing. Yeah, seriously. But. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, so I saw that. I saw that MacBook Pro, and I'm like, Mom, can I get one? Because my birthday was coming around the corner. She's like, no, no, I'll give you money for your birthday, and you can save up to get one. Because they were like, I think, two grand or $1,500, and I was only in sixth grade, and they weren't going to... They weren't going to give me a $1,000 gift for my birthday. So from there, that's really what started um, – that's really what made me value money so much. Not necessarily like having the money, but it was the potential and the things, the experiences that you can get with that money. Right. And that's what I'm All obsessed with. All the freedoms. All the freedom, have. exactly. I'm, I'm obsessed with the freedom that you get because um, you're put in this world. You have one life. You want to be able to experience as much as you possibly can. Um, so yeah, I went and I started working, shuffling driveways, did all this kind of stuff, just trying to get money to buy that MacBook Pro, and I I eventually did it. I think it was six months that it took me to save up the fifteen hundred dollars. Um, and that's impressive as a sixth grader. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it was sixth grade, but it was somewhere around there. Right, you know? right. Regardless, regardless, of it, even in high school, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked, saved up the money to get it, and I remember getting the day that I got the laptop. Like I was look, I would look up every single review imaginable on YouTube. Any single, like I was obsessed with this thing, and that's one of the my one of my traits is I'm super obsessive. Whatever I, I run into, whatever whatever the hobby that, or not necessarily hobby, whatever I choose, I just become obsessed over it. Just put all your energy, all, all my your energy, time. all my energy, and that's how it was. I was just obsessed with getting this money, this goal. I was gonna accomplish this goal. I was gonna get this MacBook Pro because it was so awesome. Just obsessed with succeeding at that goal. And I remember just dominating your thoughts, every thought, every single thought was going towards that. How am I going to get this? How am I going to get this obsessed? The day that I got the laptop, I, I remember telling my dad, I was like, hmm, it's not as awesome as I thought it would be. It was way more fun working towards the goal than actually getting it. So in that, in that journey towards like manifesting this laptop that yeah. you desired so heavily, like this you fell in love with the process then yeah. and there. Yes, exactly. Good for you. Wow. And that's what I remember. Like it's it's crazy. I had no idea what that meant like back in the day, but it was I was like I was in love with the journey, the the hunt trying to get this thing, the goal. You know, I wasn't I was not in love with actually having it. Right. But it was, it was awesome, don't get me wrong, and having that laptop at such an early age, 6th grade, has probably give you a lot of advantages. Oh my gosh, it gave me so many advantages. I didn't get a laptop until I was 18 years old. Yeah, like that so. was that was probably one of the most pivotal moments um, of how I actually got into digital marketing. Wow. Because I would I was obsessed. Like as soon as I got this laptop, it had all these different features of what I could do. I was obsessed, and I was going to figure out every single thing that it could do. Okay. Um, after having that laptop, I was into jailbreaking iPhones. Do you remember what that was? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, back in the day. I don't remember what the benefits were, but I remember that like it was, it was a thing. And you could make money doing it. Is yeah. that what you would do? No, I wouldn't make money doing it. It was okay. more so just kind of like, oh, this is awesome. It was, it was having something that someone else didn't have. Like, I like that. I like that. Like, just being able to, like, oh, yeah, I can change the background. I can have a, I can have a moving background on my phone, you know? <laughs> check like, it. Check it. Yeah, exactly. You want this. I know you do. Yeah, it was like that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I became obsessed with jailbreaking phones and just researching, and that kind of got me into tech and, like, just really, really loving tech and just loving everything that the Internet had to offer. Um but yeah, and then from there, that's interesting. All these things are like le it's like building blocks, yeah. leading to some like higher purpose almost. Mm -hmm. That's that's crazy. Yeah, 
from, from there, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no worries, no worries. But from there, after uh, getting in introduced to jailbreaking phones, I I started, let's see, what, what happened after that? It, what, what age is this around, whenever you were jailbreaking iPhones? I would say sixth, seventh grade. Like, so that was one of the reasons why I wanted this. Uh-huh. Um, one of this MacBook Pro. I can't remember if that was the exact reason or not. I don't even know if the iPhone had came out at that time or not. But all I remember is getting the laptop and what I used this laptop for the most was just like researching how to jailbreak, getting these widgets and just learning about like all these different cool things that you could do with your phone. Right. Um, but yeah, that's the reason why I bought the laptop. And then from there, I didn't really do anything with the internet. I was always constantly on the internet watching YouTube videos, of right. course. And I actually started a YouTube channel. It's hilarious if you if you look no at way. it. Yeah, I started a YouTube channel when, when I was- a really high-pitched voice. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, it was hilarious. It was, <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like. I sound like a mouse. I'm just like, so what my tutorial was, it was a tutorial on how to jailbreak your iPhone. Okay, okay. And I, uh, <laughs> Oh, the video is terrible. So I was, I was taking my phone. All right, I don't even know what I was using. Some camera or something because back then they didn't have. I don't even know if they did or not. But anyways, I was using something to record this video, and then you just hear me in the background. Okay, you download this app. <laughs> it was it was really funny. Um, but then from there, I was just constantly on the internet, and um, I would I was in school, and I keep, I became obsessed with paintball. I've gotten, I've gotten very obsessed with paintball as well. Yeah, yeah. I became obsessed with paintball, and that's where all my money would go. Like, I would spend all of my money. Dude, that's an expensive sport. Oh, so expensive. You'd go to Wacky Warriors, and you'd spend 40 bucks a, a case of paint, which was, it was outrageous. So much. But so yeah. much. And that's the thing. Paintball kind of played into this journey, too, because... So first of all, I had to buy a gun, and guns were like thousands of dollars. Okay. So it kind of just got me into, oh, I bought this one gun, and I ended up trading that gun. It was like a $400 gun that I got on Craigslist. I think it was a, what was it? It was a die, some sort of die, DM9 or something like that. I forget what it was. Okay. But I ended up going on this form, and it was called PB Nation. And I was, I was obsessed. Like, like I said, I was obsessed with getting this computer. Like, that was my next obsession was paintball. Right, right. Absolutely obsessed. There was this form called PB Nation. I would just look at every single thread. I knew everything about every single gun, what kind of paint, all this kind of stuff. And what I would do is I traded. I eventually traded up from this $400 gun uh, to... Getting this, the Planet Eclipse um, Ego 11. I think that's. What I think it was. I, I had something very similar to that. Yeah, yeah. I was, think I because I, I had an uh, an Epiphany Eclipse. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're top guns you can get. And is was the Ego the one above the Epiphany by chance? Because I remember the there. I think it might have been one that was like really like it was. You're right. It was like thousand something dollars. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. I think it was. I think I think the Epiphany was the one right under the Ego. Or that something. was three ninety five when I got it new. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Then that's. Yeah, that must have been There's like the ion below that. The ion, yeah, the ion, the classic <laughs> ion. I think that's what my, fr my friend had that when I first started playing paintball. That's what he had, and that kind of what had got me addicted, obsessed with paintball was that ion, because I remember that day. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. But anyways, yeah, I eventually traded up to getting this EO11. Okay. And so it's kind of the same deal. Like, like you've, you've ever heard one of those Craigslist stories where somebody starts with like a Wii and they end up with a car? 
and all these, yeah. these bartering. Yeah, between. it was similar to that. It was okay. similar to that. Um, wow. So you were, you were kind of finessing, like, learning how to negotiate from yeah. a young age. Yeah. Learning how to negotiate online. That's, like, the biggest thing. Wow. It was, that's, and it all, it's all leading into where I am right now, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, so I learned how to negotiate online, how to barter and trade, and eventually got the Eagle 11. And then I think, it, I think the obsession with paintball lasted for about, like, two years. Okay. Um. And then eventually it was just <laughs> other things out of the way. I, I was in high school. I think I think whenever I stopped playing paintball, I was a freshman in high school or sophomore in high school. I can't remember. But probably like high school soccer. Yeah, you know, high school soccer and all that kind of stuff. It's just life got in the way. So you know? what age did you about get into social media marketing? And what was what was kind of your start and in, your introduction into that? Yeah, so let me, let me think. So when I first started social media marketing, um, hmm. oh, I remember what happened. So my my cousin, he introduced me to Bitcoin about five or six years ago. Wow, so you, were, you knew what Bitcoin was like way before. Yes, yes, okay. I knew what Bitcoin was way before. Um, and then from there, I just started researching online and that kind of just led me so because basically Bitcoin is just, just online currency. Right. And what you'll find out is these people, these entrepreneurs, these e-com entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs, whatever you call it, um, they all just gravitate, gravitate towards making money online. So I was researching Bitcoin and then that kind of led me into social media marketing. Okay. And I, I first started an account. And I, I heard people were making money. Because you started off on Twitter. Right? Yeah, I started off on Twitter. Yeah, okay. I heard people were making money um, selling shout-out spaces on their accounts. That just blow your mind. And it just blew my mind. I was like, what? You can, you can make money posting on social media. Just, yeah. I was like, huh? That, that, that's weird. Like, like the thing I'm scrolling through watching funny things. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have no idea. And that's that's the thing. It's just, there's, this, there's a secret community. Not secret, but there's this super small community of people that are monetizing every single one's every single person's attention. Right. And now it's becoming kind of more mainstream because people like a dude named Uberfax on Twitter who originally got an article published about him and a couple of the guys now talk about how they're making millions of dollars selling advertising space on these parody. You can build an audience, you can make money. That's exactly true. And that's what I didn't realize at that time was what they had done is they built an audience a lot like a TV show or something like that. It's it's the modern day TV. Like YouTube is the modern day television. Absolutely. Like I guarantee you, kids' attention is more on YouTube. I bet you they know the YouTube stars more than they know some Disney Channel star right now. I couldn't agree more with you. I, I could not. Yeah. Guarantee you. Wow, more than a Disney Channel star. Wow, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Like, so you're saying something that's also that you're saying that. The YouTubers targeting these young kids and yeah. Disney Channel targeting these young kids. You think more people know the YouTubers? Oh, yes. Definitely. Wow. Like, and that's the thing. There is some crossover because a lot of these Disney Channel stars, what they uh -huh. do is they either start off on YouTube uh -huh. and then they get the gig to go and be a Disney Channel character. No way. Yeah. Well, I know Jake Paul started out that way. It's like he was on YouTube originally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'll start with Vine originally. The Vine, yeah. There were so many Viners that became famous and then once that platform kind of crashed, they all migrated over to uh, YouTube and now... Instagram, they're... <laughs> yeah. yeah it's crazy. The top two for them. Wow. Yeah. But back to what I was saying, so yeah, when I heard these people were making a ton of money off of 
Twitter accounts. I was like, what? This is this is awesome. So I found this one dude that he supposedly had, I think, five accounts and there were a million followers altogether and he was he was successful and he was he knew how to monetize these accounts. And I asked him, I just started Constantly would send him questions like I was I was probably the most annoying person ever. like I would not stop go away Yeah, I would not stop messaging him until he would tell me like how he did it and <laughs> That's awesome thinking back. I was super annoying, but hey, persistence. It, it worked out for me Well, it led you to where you are now exactly. So. Yeah, um, and <laughs> So I kept on asking him questions and he told me like all these all these different ways of doing it and what I had did, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to start my own account. I'm just going to go on. I'm going to try to buy one uh-huh. because people don't know the value of these. And I'm just going to try to buy one off someone else. And then I'll be able to, since I know how to monetize the account, then I'll be able to make the money, you know? Um, so from there, I went on eBay and I looked up social media accounts or Twitter account. I forget. I, I can't remember the exact verbiage that I used. Were people actually selling them on eBay? One person was. And no that, way. That should have been a massive red flag. Um, <laughs> so what had happened, I went and I bought this account. I think it was $500. And it had, I think, 400,000 followers. I'm like, holy shit. This is too good to be true. Right. There's no way. Like, if this is if these are real followers, I'm going to make $500 a day. You know? I know like, how it is. Insane. Like, your, your ignorance kind of leads you to, like, uh-huh. hit, like a, a massive excitement. You're like, yes, I'm going to be so rich tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you come to find out, that never happens. Yeah. Everything, if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Typically, yeah. Uh huh. Um, but I bought that account. It was $500. And I started posting shout outs. And I didn't, I didn't really know entirely what I was doing. The dude told me, he's like, oh, you need to make a website and then you need to go get Google AdSense and you need to install Google AdSense on this website and the website was called Coite Social. Okay. Um, so the Coite Social and it was just a place where uh, you just put in all this different gossip, all this like celebrity gossip and like these just funny memes and different pictures and clickbaity stuff so people click your click your articles, they read the article. And then it drives the traffic towards your accounts? Yeah, yeah. So no, the way the way that it worked was I got this account and this was going to be my traffic source, okay? And then I was going to drive that traffic to this webpage called Coite Social. And on this okay. webpage, the way that I monetized this webpage was through Google AdSense. So the way that Google AdSense works is I'm sure you've seen all those pop-up banners. Uh-huh. All those different pop-up banners on... Um, like all different different websites, you know. So as soon as people are reading these different articles, they click this ad, then you get paid per click or per impression, per thousand clicks, whatever whatever it would be. I think it was the CPM that's cost per thousand impressions. Okay. Um, I think it was for every thousand impressions that you got or thousand clicks or impressions. Really, they, I'm sorry. They went off impressions and not engagement. Uh, no, no, no. They so. That's indifferent. Basically, it's the same type of thing. Okay. Um, but on, on the website, and they would pay for, I think it was like a 10 cents or something just absolutely for a thousand, minimal. For a yeah, thousand very, impressions. Very yeah, super, super small amount. What? Yeah, I can't remember the exact stats off my head, but or off the top of my head, but it was very, very small. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you can't even make any money if you got a million people to go to this. No. Uh-uh. Wow. No. It's, you, but that was the plan. I had a, I had an account <laughs> with four hundred thousand followers, and I was gonna be able to drive shitloads of traffic. You know, yeah, I was super excited about that. Come to find out, the account was filled with fake followers. So whenever I would post this shout out, try to drive them to Coite Social, um, they 
Maybe two, three retweets. I get maybe two, three retweets. Huh? What the heck? What's uh, going on? Yeah. So it didn't. It did eventually did not work out for me, and I realized, okay, if I'm gonna do this, it was good. It was a great learning experience because buying this account led me to go create this website, understand Google AdSense, understand learned a lot in the process. Yeah, understand how to build a WordPress website. Learned all these different things, which is awesome. So I consider that a failure, but then again, I learned from this failure. I learned a ton of different stuff that was going to be transferred into my next venture. Whatever. So how, how do you think? You were so because you, you handled that. What, what age was this again? That you, I don't remember. I but either way, you, yeah. you learned that that failure was just a temporary setback. Like, yeah. how do you think you had the mentality to kind of like handle that failure so maturely and learn from it and then improve from there? Um, I was super naive, <laughs> and I thought the next thing that I did was gonna make me tons and tons of money. So you're just optimistic, though. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I'm that's just the thing. I'm so optimistic, like probably the most optimistic person you'll ever meet. Good deal. Yeah. So well, I would say a good introduction for you would be that you are probably the most driven person I've ever met. Yeah. I'm very if driven. not, like definitely one of the most driven people I've ever met. Well, thank you. That's, that's yeah, a compliment, no but. Yeah. And that probably derives from your optimism that you can do it. You can do it. Oh, you believe in yourself. 100%. And you love yourself enough to to want that, to yeah. want that for yourself. Yeah. That's that's very true. I think I think my ambition that I have all stems from my op optimism. Like 100%. That's that's very true. But yeah, like I'm super optimistic. I always think, "Oh, the next thing's going to work." Right. Oh, I get this idea. I'm like, "Yes, this is going to be the best idea ever. I'm going to make tons of money from it. It's <laughs> going to change the world, you know?" Uh, every single idea I have, and that's what makes me act upon it. Just know? all the energy that's flowing towards yeah. this. Because, like, yeah. you know, if you have an idea, it's like, oh, okay, this this is our right idea, but I'm not super excited about it. You're not going to execute on it. Uh -huh. And ideas are shit. They don't mean anything mm -hmm. until you execute upon that idea. Absolutely. But what I'm starting to learn is some of the dumbest ideas ever, like a fidget spinner, <laughs> can be the can be the the ones that blow up. So that's it. Just that's just just another thing that proves that you have no idea. And it also goes back into like podcasting and stuff like that. Like I was telling you earlier, it's you just got to keep on putting out more and more and more and more and more stuff because you have no idea which one's going to work. Like I thought these these meme accounts that I was making, um, they were gonna make tons of money, which no, they don't. You know, like you. That's what I thought, but. Uh -huh. No, that did not work. And that's like you. You're like, okay, so say this podcast. I think this podcast is going to be the one that gets millions of views. You have no idea. And then you have another podcast that you're like, oh, this is terrible. So true. So true. And you post that podcast, and the one that you thought was terrible is the one that blows up. And I, that happened all the time on Vine. Like, it doesn't make I, sense. I just throw one out there. I'm like, I'm like, should I even post this? You post it. It's like, it like gets like over 100,000 views. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I did not think that would be the one. Like, I exactly. thought this one down here that got like, I don't know, 30,000, like I, I thought that would be the one that would blow up. Yeah, exactly. And like that's a thing you just never know and that's why it's so important just to keep on testing out your new ideas, trying, posting your new podcast, like just put out content, put out content, put out new businesses, put out new businesses because you don't know what's going to work. That persistence to keep trying, keep trying, yeah. keep, and it, you're right, that does stem from from I guess open-mindedness and especially optimism that yeah. you can succeed. That you believe in yourself, that you will do it for sure, for sure. I'm a firm believer in if you fail, you just keep on. If you just never stop, you never quit. Right. You're eventually gonna 
have overnight success, you know? Absolutely. Like, but there's no, <laughs> there's no such thing as overnight success. Right. Like, as you see, like, you, you're pretty successful on social media right now. And, like, that's, Ooh, but... that's taken you years. Like, when did you start? Two years ago? Three years ago? Uh, I started my freshman year of college. Yeah, exactly. It was actually the same kind of deal as you said. Like, uh, I actually had last Christmas, so about a year ago, it was, it was insane. We're all sitting around, we're all gathered around watching this, uh, like, family videos. And uh-huh. we were watching this other Christmas where I'm opening up presents. I think I'm, like, in fourth grade or something. Yeah. I'm incredibly young. And there's a, there's a part where she's like, I, I don't remember what I said, but I pretty much said I wanted a camera for my YouTube channel. Like, oh, I've always, and it, that, I, it didn't surprise me, but I was like, wow. Like, I, I guess I was kind of surprised, but I've always known that I've wanted to do this. But, like, as you know, with, like, soccer growing up, maybe yeah. I just let it to, like, be an excuse for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I always wanted to pursue all these different <laughs> things. But yeah. soccer kind of, like, soccer in school, I just didn't have that much time. Yeah. Between, yeah. between, like, social life, soccer, and school. So as soon as I was done with college soccer my freshman year, like, within a month, I'm like, okay, I got a lot of free time now. What do I do with it? And that's where I put all my energy was into making YouTube videos and then that led to Vine and now it's leading to podcasting. Yeah, and I think you're a lot like me. Am I right? Like, you just hate to be bored. Oh, it's... Like, it's the worst thing ever. Like, It's boredom? not even, like, a choice for me because, no joke, dude, like, not to get too personal, but I will get depressed. Like, if, yeah. if, if I'm... It, Yes, the boredom will lead to depression. Like, I have to be doing something. I have exactly. to be doing something. Exactly, and this is what a perfect outlet podcasting starting businesses like that's the thing is like you you have hope and that's like the optimism the hope that just drives me and i'm sure that drives you too absolutely just, you hope like you have this hope that eventually i'm gonna be the next joe rogan you know i'm, I'm gonna be the next larry king like so that's the thing that's the same thing with me oh i'm gonna be the next mm, billion dollar entrepreneur i'm gonna be the next entrepreneur that changes the world you know like next mark cuban yeah. exactly like you just have that you just have that hope and that's the optimism towards that and that's what drives every single person like data or at least me and you every single day to day and it all stems from you hate being bored <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah so it's almost it's not even it's almost like i don't even have like control over it. like it's it's not even a choice like it's like i have to like yeah if i want to be happy and i want to be happy then i have to like <laughs> exactly yeah there's no other option but and it's cool like like having that that belief in yourself and that optimism can lead to so many things it's just cool like like all the things you've gotten into throughout life and where it's led you yeah would you would you like to talk is it fidget tea it's it's fidget lead right fidget lead yes okay uh-huh. so that that started for you about a year ago yeah exactly december i think to be honest i think it might be the one year anniversary today december 29th actually it was yesterday no way yeah so december 28th is when I started Fidgetly. Wow. Yeah. Um, and we all know how that went. That was that was insane. That, that was that was the most success that I've had to date. Um, then again, I'm not successful by any means. Like not at all. I have well, you're so not complacent. Many, yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's I'm not awesome. complacent. Like that's the thing I'm obsessed with, just becoming better. Like I just want to constantly get to the next level. I want to get to the next thing, whatever it is. Right. So I, I don't think I'm successful by any means right now at all. Um, but Fidgetly was one of the pivotal moments in my life that really did change my life. So I started, so having all that experience in online marketing, all that different kind of stuff, by getting the Twitter accounts, all that kind of stuff, it really, it helped me navigate how to market online, how to do digital marketing. So I had this idea for this fidget spinner. So basically the way that all came about was I was looking on Kickstarter because I just love products. Like I think that's one of the reasons why I'm an entrepreneur is because I love 
I love new gadgets. I love like just new, new little things. I love things. I don't know. Love That's, technology. I love yeah. technology. I just love this kind of stuff. So I'm always on Kickstarter looking at very all these cool. different projects. And I was on Kickstarter one day, and they had just the campaign called Fidget Cube had just been funded, and they had raised six million dollars. Six million dollars. In 30 days. Wow. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Um, <laughs> absolutely insane. So from there, I was like, okay, what is this thing all about? And all it was, was, it was a toy that you fidgeted with. You know, like the video was hysterical and it went viral, I think. Um, but then I started looking at other toys. Like, what, what, are, what are these other fidget toys? Because I knew that I had this experience on how to market products. So this, this wasn't necessarily the fidget spinner yet? No, no, no. It was not the fidget spinner yet. Okay. So this was the fidget cube. It was a cube. It had like a joystick, some buttons, and different things that you just fidgeted with. Uh, but the problem with that, what I realized was that it made noise. And if you're going to be... When, when do you fidget? Class. Exactly. Class, like, that's the... Yeah. 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 You, you don't... You don't you can't make any noise when you're you're in class. It's quiet. Or business meeting, whatever. Something, whatever. yeah. Places where you fidget, you cannot make any noise. So it didn't really work. It was totally. a great idea. Um, so I started looking around more. Respect to you for recognizing that. That's that's some vision right there. <laughs> Thank I don't you. know if I would have been. I, I think I might have got a little bit lucky there, but I, who knows? Who knows? No, yeah. I don't know if it was lucky. You clearly thought that through. That was that was some logical thinking yeah. that you applied towards that. Well, anyways, it happened. I thought that and. I was looking around on online, I was just looking up fidget toys, and I, I stumbled across Etsy, which Etsy is a place, do you know what Etsy is? I've heard of it, I'm, I'm not familiar so with it. So Etsy exactly. is a marketplace for um, crafters, hobbyists, people that create things in their house. Okay. Um, so like, so what I had saw was- Oh, that's a really cool concept. Yeah, it's a very cool concept. Um, so what I saw was people were creating these fidget spinners, but they were 3D printed, okay? So the problem with 3D printing is that the overall quality is not commercial. Like you can't 3D print something and sell it in Walmart or Best Buy or Target or one of these big box retailers. Really? Why is that? Just because the quality, it, it's, you, you could, don't get me wrong, you could, but it's just not, it's not really scalable. It is scalable, but it's not as scalable as injection molding, which was what my fidget spinner was. Um, so, and that's another thing is the durability of these 3D printed fidget spinners were not good. And that's what I saw. I bought one of these 3D printed fidget spinners off of Etsy. Um, it was some weird design and I, um, I, I got it and I realized, okay, wow, this is, this is crap. The material is not good. It's this falling apart. Like you could sell this, but I'm doing, I'm doing the customer a dishonor because I'm not adding any value. Like what they're getting is not a product that I would. And you want, want to believe in your product. I want to believe in my products 100%. It was a product I would not believe in. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, what can I do? How can I fix this? Through other entrepreneurial things that I did, I made some watches and just other things that I did. Uh, I had gained all this knowledge of how to source products from China and how to get products made in China. So. I sent them the design and they they were kind enough to work with me and they helped me create this CAD file and then they eventually printed this 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 fidget spinner um, and they sent me samples and I had got these samples and they were <laughs> I wish I would have brought the the original fidget spinner but I, it's at my house I forgot it but they sent them to me and they were good overall they were good with the bearings, there was like grease in the bearings and stuff like no, that. No, you don't want that all over your fingers. You don't want that. So yeah, I'm like, okay, this is not good. And I had asked them to send me a bunch of different colors. They didn't send me the colors. 
Um, they sent me just all black and the bearings didn't have any covers or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I need covers. What, what credibility did you add to so that they would uh, send you these? Were they sending these for free or were you, like, were you paying a little bit? Oh, no, no, I had to pay for them. Okay, okay. So that's the thing. I was like, okay, however much it will cost, I'll pay you 10 times whatever it would be. So I think it was like a dollar or something like that. Um, and they were a dollar, something ridiculously cheap. So I ended up paying like 10 or $15 with shipping from China, DHL, to my door. And I got these, I got these, these fidget spinners, and I realized, okay, wow, people are people are starting to catch on to this trend. Um, they're selling out like crazy. These these 3D printed ones are selling out like crazy online, and and they're terrible quality. And they're terrible quality. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can get going quick, oh, you saw the and no one, wow. no one was marketing the way that I knew marketing should be done right now. No one was doing the Instagram influencer shoutouts. No one was doing the Facebook ads. No one was doing any of that that I was an expert in, or I thought I was an expert. Uh, advanced, advanced. I was advanced, yeah. yeah. I was advanced at it. I knew how to do it. So I was like, okay, I gotta hurry. I gotta get this going. Um, so I sent them back. I'm like, okay, send me this. I made made some changes to the design. They sent those back and I finally got them. I got 10 pictures, or I got 10, 10 samples and I went out and I'm like, okay, so now I need to make a video. I went out and I made a video because I had to make the video so that I could advertise this product. Right. You know? So I got these samples, I went out, I made a video, and it's actually funny. So I went to the Lamborghini place, you know the one in Chesterfield? <laughs> yeah. I brought these fidget spinners. <laughs> I, because I'm like, okay, I need to get content. What, what, what does everyone like? Everyone loves nice cars, am I right? You know. So true. That's so I, I went. I've never would have thought of that. That's why I think that's hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. So I went there, and I was with Colin Wynn, actually. <laughs> you know, me and him were there, and we were taking these pictures up like against the Rolls Royce, the Lambo, and stuff like that. And one of the workers comes up to me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm like. Um, I'm just I'm just taking pictures for this new product that I'm watching. It's called the fidget spinner. Have you ever heard of fidgety? And he's like, oh no, and he's kind of an asshole to me. Oh really? I, he was a douche. He's like, oh, like he let me. Luckily enough, he let me stay there and continue taking pictures. But he was kind of just like a, a prick. He's like, oh, like it's like basically saying, oh, you're you're stupid for doing this. Um, so. Just went there and I bet he, he regrets saying that. Yeah, he probably regrets it. Well, I couldn't can't afford a Lamborghini still, but <laughs> eventually one day when I'll be able to, I don't think I'll go to that place and, and buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> but anyways, so I took this video, I got pictures from there, I started posting on the Instagram account where I was gonna advertise it. And then I went to the Galleria, and then I went to one of my school and I ended up making this this great video showing off all the perks of this fidget spinner. Okay. Or what it can all do and like what it does, a satisfying video. Um, Cause didn't the way you marketed it was like to people with ADHD? Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, genius. When you're genius. when you're playing with this fidget spinner, it it helps. It keeps keeps away the distractions of everything else. Like, I can I can work. Like, I don't know if this is proven or not, but at least for me, it helps me stay focused on what I'm doing. I think you're totally right. Cause I, I never really messed around with one until recently. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just a little late on the trend and yeah. at least like, like only one. Yeah. And my roommate brought one back and I was just, I was just sitting doing homework one day, just playing sitting there. Yeah. Just yeah. flicking the, so flick of the wrist. Yeah. yeah flick of the wrist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it helps you, it helps you stay focused on whatever you're doing. At least I thought, um, so what I did is I made a video kind of showing that, like how it helped me. Okay. And after I made that video, I went and through the experience that I had over the past years, all those different failures, I had learned how to do marketing and I did a shout out. So I went on this parody account on Instagram. It was called LMAO. 
LMAO, okay. It's still up there today, LMAO. That was the first account that I used to promote this product. So I, you're, you're basically hitting up uh, like people that are, like like comedy accounts or any other yeah, big account. Yeah, okay. So what I, what I realized was, okay, these comedy accounts, they know they don't they don't fully understand the value of their account. They don't understand how much their attention is actually worth right now. But then again, if you go to these influencers, these B class, C, A class celebrities, um, they're gonna charge you five grand for a post, and you're gonna get maybe twenty thousand views. Right. You know, so just because their their brand is attached to this to this. Um, to this because it's their account you know it's like their brand they already have this established brand but these scenes account there's no personality behind it it's just posting funny videos so they charge less for that um, so I paid this guy $300 and he had 11 million followers wow okay wow when I posted the video <coughs> when I posted the video it got I think I think just over a hundred thousand views wow um, and I paid $300 for that good for you so <laughs> that day I posted it and I'm like, okay, moment of truth, see how it works. And I, I Are you optimistic? Oh, super optimistic. Hey, yeah, super optimistic. I was like, oh, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, yes, cannot wait. And I posted it and sure enough, the, the orders just started coming in. Really? I ended that day, $300 spent on that, 100,000 views, and I ended that day doing $3,000 in sales. That ROI though. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I'm like, wow, this is this is this is insane. Like this I found something that's going to work. And from there, I just Did you already have the It was fidgetly the the at name, right? Yeah. So that's your at name. So, uh -huh. if anybody wants to follow him fidgetly. Fidgetly, yeah. Just fidgetly, just Yeah, F I D G E T L Y. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. But see, so were you already building this Instagram account? Uh, to market these or were you just like hitting up this so yeah I started so that's what you want to do if you're gonna build a brand on Instagram you want to start this Instagram account first okay um, and then you're gonna fill it with populate it with content and and then after you populate it with content then you start promoting it what what uh, how many posts would you say is to I would say it have a minimum of six posts before Min you okay a minimum of six posts before you start running traffic or Promoting your Instagram. Account. Okay, that's probably for the best. Yeah. So after you get those six accounts, then you can go and you can help hit up these these meme accounts. These basically any person that has a bigger following than you, just try to see how much like see how much they'll charge you to do a post on their account. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, so after that that first day when I did three thousand dollars in revenue off of three hundred dollars ad spend, um. I just kept on scaling up, and I was just contacting all these different influencers. Kept promoting the video, um, and then from there, I just kept. I started making other content, and I would actually pay these other influencers on Instagram. These people, these personalities, not themed accounts, these actual personalities. I would send them a fidget spinner, and I would tell them they play with it, and they would play with it, and they would make some sort of funny video. Did you did you kind of base that idea? Because that's a similar concept to. Uh, do you remember the? What were those uh, hoverboards? Hoverboards, yeah. They, they were all over Vine. Yeah. That's, that's how I originally found out about them. Was like, like you see Logan Paul, Lily Pons mm -hmm. driving these little uh, hoverboards around, yeah. and I'm like, those things look so cool. And then next thing you know, that next Christmas, they're everywhere. Yeah, that's that's how it works. Like that's seriously how to blow something up. If you can get those influencers to post, they because they have all of the attention, like so much attention right now. So if you can get your product in influencers' hands, then that's that's a very, very good way of promoting your product.
So you, so you originally started with just these these meme accounts, and then you, you kind of worked your way up. That's what you refer to as scaling. Yeah, yeah. So I started scaling um, with these with these meme accounts. Okay. Um, but what I had realized was the content, the creative that I was using to promote these promote the the product became exhausted. So okay. the audience got tired of seeing it, and I had converted all the people that were going to convert through that creative um so i was like okay i need to get new content and i'm not i'm not the best at making videos i followed you I, mean, I still follow you and i've been following you for about a year now the, yeah. the, the fidgetly account and mm -hmm. you, you do have some quality content honestly yeah none of that's none of that's me uh, i did make the first video but i'm by no means good <laughs> at it so i realized okay i need to i need to outsource this and i need I need to pay these influencers to make videos for me. So I would send them product and then they would tell me, okay, I'm gonna charge you $750 to make this video and post on my account. It's relatively cheap. It's not, it's not super expensive considering what you're getting. Uh, so I would pay them, get content from them, and then I would post it on my account and I would also use that content to uh, post on these meme accounts, and that was one of the way I was, ways I was able to negotiate. Wow, so that's a, that's a huge win for them because they're yeah, they're exactly. That's, that was one of the money. Yeah, that was one of the ways that I was able to negotiate with these influencers. Was I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to be spending thousands of dollars promoting this your content. So, is there any way you can work with me? I'm a startup, startup budget. Uh, is there any way you can work with me? Give me a cheaper price, considering I'm going to be promoting your content. Totally. So they, they they agreed with that. They're like, okay, yeah, that's definitely fair. So I was able to get cheaper prices. Sounds extremely reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I was able to get cheaper prices because I was I was promoting them and I was also promoting my product. Wow. So yeah, there's that, that online forum negotiation. Yeah, exactly. Coming into play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was that was the way I was able to kind of navigate through the influencer okay. landscape. But um, yeah. What have you learned through like this whole process? Oh, I've learned so much. I've learned I that bet. you, I learned, this is one of the biggest takeaways that I learned was Chinese New Year is, I'm not sure the exact dates, but it's, it's like, I think it's, it's in March or February, March or February, I think one of those two days, but here, let's pull it up. Yeah, let's see what it is. But anyways, while you're looking that up, um, so I was getting flooded with orders, like absolutely flooded with orders. So wait, it's uh, February 16th, which is my mom. My ex-girlfriend, uh, an old buddy of mine, and Jimmy Tatro's birthday. Wow. Throw that out there. <laughs> wow. You know, whenever you memorize one. Yeah. Person, you, then every time you like see, you see somebody else, like. Yeah, that's that's called this uh, reticular activating system. Really, you really. That? So you know, like whenever you you see a car, like so you just buy this car, and it's it's a blue Honda. Okay. As soon as you buy that car, since it's fresh in your mind, like Start it starts it ever? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. But yeah, that's that. Um, but anyways, back to what I was saying about the Chinese New Year is, I was getting tons and tons of orders, and I was not expecting. I did not forecast the amount of orders that I was going to be getting. So I didn't want to st quit selling these things, you know, because the, I, the market was there and they wanted this and product. And you caught the trend. You caught. The I trend. caught the trend. Like I started this. I, I didn't catch it. I started this trend. Holy shit. Like, I, 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 like, like, so, does that blow your mind at all that these fidget spinners are all yeah. around the country yeah. because of you? It was between me and another company called Fidget360. We were the only people to be promoting these products. So you guys were dominating on this, on this market? Yes, we were dominating. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, that dominating. was one of the biggest trends I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, we, it's, and it was all through influencers, like, 100%, like, 
I, w- I would say 90% of this trend started from these Instagram influencers. Wow. There's no data backing this, but that's, this is what I'm, I'm assuming. Like there's, that's, that's what I'm assuming. But there has to be because I, I never heard of these things until maybe a little bit before I, we, we had a yeah. lunch or yeah, it was lunch uh, last January. Uh, and that was like the, the first time I ever heard of them. And then I, I came home and I'm like, Melina, have you, I, I brought up to my little sister. I'm like, have you ever heard of these fidget spinners? Like, yeah. what are these things? And she's like, yeah, I see those everywhere. I've seen them on Facebook, Instagram. I've seen them everywhere. Mm-hmm. So th- that must be where the, where it derived from. It has to be. Yeah. Here, hold on. Sorry, man. <laughs> so sorry, my girlfriend's <laughs> mad at me for not being on time. But anyways, oh, um, yeah, you got a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it has to be like it has to be from these influencers because that's that's where it has started. Right. Just like you said, like this is where it started. But yeah, it has to be. It, it has, has to. Be. Be. It has to be. I don't know where else it would have came from. I guess it's just a good product in the right time. It just all plays into each other. Like I can't say it was only because of me. Like people were advertising on Facebook as soon as they see that um, it's popular. Right. But but yeah. Because I remember I was working a serving job and this it, it was one of the first times I ever saw it out in public. Mm-hmm. And this little girl, this was like probably two three months after I met with you, and this little girl is just playing with it. And I walked up and I'm like I'm like where'd you get that from? And I think she said somewhere online. I don't know if it was through your your company or through. Fidget 360 was the other one you said. Yeah, Fidget 360. And yeah, she didn't she didn't tell me which one. And I was like, no way. I actually have a buddy who's like started that. And and like the you know the parents like they, they don't want to talk to the servers. They kind of brushed me off. Yeah. I'm like that is insane. Like this little girl is holding this miles away from where it started. That's that's just wild. Yeah, it's in, it's insane. Like the power of social media. Totally. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw you posted a picture of your product in Best Buy, mm-hmm. and it, did you get it like your actual product into Best Buy, or how did yeah, that did. work? Yeah, yeah. So from from the start of this company, I partnered with another company in Los Angeles, and so that's what brought you out to LA. Right? That's what brought me out to LA is partnering okay. with this, and we were working on the startup and crazy twenty seventeen. Yeah, had, it was man. insane. Good for you. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. It's super exciting. Like I said, fidgetly changed my life. Um, but yeah, so I went out there and I started working with them and then we got into Best Buy and then we started working on this another product called Fidgetly Control, which is a connected version of this Fidget 360. So it is, it's a fidget spinner that you can um, play games with. So you can, control, you can control different apps on your phone with this fidget spinner, so it's a really cool. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to show you. That's that. amazing to me because you've taken this extremely simple concept and just revamped it and like like engineered it to serve all these other different purposes. Yeah. Has that been as successful for you or? Uh, it's not been as successful as the fidget spinner, like right. the basic one. But yeah, we're doing well. We're in Target, Best Good Buy, and Brookstone. So if any if you guys want to buy fidgetly control, you can go to. Um, Target, Best Buy, or Brookstone, or Fidgetly.com, and see what see what all the hype's about. But, but yeah, it's that sounds really cool. Yeah. It, is it is it pretty entertaining for you as well? Is it a product oh, yeah. you believe in? Uh, it's it is definitely a product. I think that it has a lot of potential. Um, the way that we're marketing it right now probably should be changed up a little bit. I think we're trying to get over the hurdle of people having this preconceived thought of it being a fidget spinner and the fidget spinner is no longer being cool. Okay. So what we're, what we're challenged with right now is trying to figure out how to promote the product as it's not a fidget spinner, it's so much more, it is a 360 gaming controller. 
Wow. Wow. So, That's insane. Yeah. So what, what else did you learn in your time out in L.A. this summer? <sighs> There's too much, like, to... I don't even know. Well, actually, this is this is a good question because you said what you were really attracted to because you you had visited whenever uh-huh. I saw you and you said you just loved the culture out there. Yeah. Something about it, like you said, everybody has a lot of drive. Yeah. And I was actually good, about to tweet this as like a public question, but I was like, wait, no, Jake would have a great answer to this. Mm-hmm. And I I personally find to be that that people in maybe it's the Midwest, maybe it's Missouri, maybe this is just maybe LA is just the place you want to go if you want to grind, but. Yeah. I think people here are pretty complacent, and I wonder if cities, like other cities, are more ambitious or raise yeah. more ambitious people typically than like people here. I just, mm-hmm. I just feel like people in Missouri, nothing against them, and yeah. I think there are really a lot of really good, genuine, awesome people here. But yeah. I think most people are really complacent with where they are, and they're really just satisfied. And that's just something I can't relate to personally. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think Missouri is definitely complacent majority of the people are Um, but when you get out to LA like there's there's tons of complacent people out there too but it's just I think I think what draws the more motivated and ambitious people is they want to have the best of the best always okay you know you want the best Um, and the scenery (laughs) and the nature out there is just absolutely incredible you're on the beach you know so it's almost paradise not to mention it costs more so for you to be able to afford to live out there, you have to be super hungry and ambitious to make a lot of money to be okay. able to live out there. I think that's kind of my thought on it. It's just because the location of the country. Like okay. It's I a didn't very, know it very like desirable a... place. So totally, uh, there's totally. just a lot more competition to get out there. One of the most desirable places in the world, arguably. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So you don't think it has anything to do with like like this this place on earth just kind of attracts all ambitious people to it? or I think it does because of... Because of how desirable of a place it is, because like of the Makes nature, sense. the ocean, all the different benefits that it has to offer. Okay. Yeah. Because I know I had a buddy who lived out there, and he he was he's he would always say he was an hour from the mountains, the desert, the ocean, and something else. And yeah. I was like, that's awesome. That's super cool. Plus the the city of L.A. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like you can you can literally surf, drive up to the mountains, and snowboard or ski in the same day. Wow. <laughs> Like, that's insane. It has everything to offer, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. But are you wanting to get out of here? It's almost 345. Yeah, my, my uh, girlfriend. Now you have to go to a family Christmas. So. Totally. But. Well, I, I, I think a really good send-off, man, is uh, my mentality this year and, like, one thing I've really grown and kind of adapted is um, I don't really – I guess in capitalism, a lot of people, they think if I'm going to succeed – this person over here has to fail. Mm-hmm. And I have a completely different like outlook on that no, person. Exactly. I just, I just, my, my, the, I think the right way to look at it, at least my preferred way of looking at it is that I personally want to succeed. Like is mm-hmm. extremely bad. I don't know yeah. if it's as bad as a, whoever says you want to succeed is one as bad as you want to breathe. I don't yeah. know if it's that bad yet. I mean, I'm working there, but I, I really want to succeed, succeed, but I could not be more genuine and like I genuinely want other people to do well, man. That's, that's I, good. That's... I want the best for everybody. And with that being said, I don't think it's wrong to say I want some people to do 
better than others. And dude, I like I could not be more genuine when I say this. I want I want you to do awesome, man. Thank you you I mean, are. You have been. Thank you. I really, You've really been appreciate killing that. It. I really appreciate that. And you too, like seriously. Thank you. I think that's a characteristic that all successful people do have is that they're constantly they're wanting to help other people. Because like in nowadays culture, like you cannot you cannot be successful without helping another person. Totally. You know, you know what I mean? It's so like if you're selling a product, it has to add value to that person's life and it has to help them in one way or another. So if you're just out there trying to sell snake oil, you know, maybe you make maybe you make a couple couple dollars, some money real quick, but it's never going to be lasting. And like there's no point. Like you you don't get where you are without the help of someone else. Totally, totally. Like I did not get to where I am without the help of hundreds of people, you know? It's a very interdependent reality that we live in. So like, you're every, everyone is helping everyone, and that's that's why it's so awesome, because yeah, there's enough money to go around in the world for everyone to be successful. I don't believe like, in scarcity. Yeah, there's, it's, if you do good, and you are genuine, and you are a genuine person, you wanna help other people, you, I, I and you work hard, obviously, um, I think you'll be successful. At I, least that's what I think. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's where a lot of my energy for this podcast, because that's the, the end goal of this, honestly, is to give people a resource that I think the internet's either the greatest resource or the greatest distraction, depending yeah. on how you use it. And yeah. if you make the conscious decision to use the internet as the greatest resource you can have, then I, I would like my podcast to be a platform that can just help people to improve, to grow, to be better, and also just some a form of entertainment as well yeah and I, I would say that's the the overall goal more than anything and to get there i have to build an audience exactly and i think that's awesome and i think with consistency just doing it every single day day in and out you'll get there totally i know totally. it's like i it's awesome what you've done so far like you started <laughs> you have 35 episodes out that's you did the hardest part you started totally you know? so i think you'll definitely get there thank you thank you yeah well uh you have any last words any no, it was it was a pleasure. It was awesome <laughs> to be on here. You have any last words? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't put a gun to my head. <laughs> well, it's actually funny you said that because my last podcast, right before, yeah. my buddy Steven, episode number thirty-five, check it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he he just gets a gun out out of nowhere, what? puts it on the table. I'm like getting them water. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I turn back around and he just has a gun. I'm like, oh shit, is that real? And he's like, yeah, I, I'm actually selling this tomorrow. And he's like, I usually almost always have a gun on me. I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> something to talk about. Totally, totally. But yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Dude, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Well, this wraps up episode number 36 of Jordan's Subjective Perspective. If you made it this far, I really, really appreciate your time. And yeah, goodbye.